it's the power of specificity. It's the power of being able to really target your marketplace. As you say, you know, you're honing your message. People don't want generic one size fits all marketing anymore because what you have to think about is your business exists to solve somebody's problem. We know that. Mm -hmm. That's why you put your business together in the first place. But usually the reason that problem exists is much deeper than that. If you're someone who has always wanted to get consistent clients in their online service-based business without the pressure to post on social media, I made this podcast specifically for you. I'm Leslie Stevens, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Not an Influencer show, where we chat about other organic marketing strategies that you can use to bring clients into your business quickly and easily, and the tangible tips for you to move forward faster in your business and the stories of the entrepreneurs who are doing the same every single day. You do not have to be an influencer to be an impact maker and a successful Today we get to talk with Kylie. Kylie, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Oh, thank you. Um, well, as Leslie said, I'm Kylie Lang and my job title is Quiz Funnel Strategist. Now, usually when I say that, people look at me really blankly, wonder what it is that I actually do. I often get asked if I write pub quizzes and then people will look at me and say, they actually pay you to do this. Um, <laughs> but what I actually do is I write high converting quizzes for a living, uh, which are the top part of the sales funnel. So instead of creating a lead magnet that you download, instead I create a quiz, we then write big, intense, value-driven um, quiz results. We then also deliver those results via email. We come up with an entire strategy behind the journey we want people to go on once they've taken the quiz, because obviously the quiz is just the top part of it. Um, and then we figure out what goal it is that the client has that they want the um, quiz taker to do. What's the end goal? What do they want them to do? Do they want them to you know, sign up for a webinar? Do they want them to buy a course? Do they want them to invest in a mastermind? Do they want them to buy a book? You know, what is it that they want them to do? So the quiz is part of an entire strategy and part of an entire sales, or really it's more of a marketing funnel. Amazing. So how did you get into this? Well, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a long story. Um, <laughs> I've been in business now for 15 years um, and I have my own digital course company. And that court digital course company used to pretty much bring in leads organically without me really needing to do very much. Um, and then it got to 2016 and things weren't quite as easy as they used to be. And we realized that we needed something to draw people in. Um, and I've never been a particularly good graphic designer and I didn't really fancy doing PDF lead magnet. And I thought, you know what, it'd be quite good fun to do a quiz that then segments people into the different courses we've got. And so this was back in 2016 before quizzes were really a thing. So I just mm -hmm. stumbled upon it by chance and it worked and it worked really, really well. And the best part was, was I didn't really have to do much tweaking. And that same quiz that I designed all those years ago is still running now for the Wedding Academy, which was my digital course company. I've now sold that company um, only recently. Um, and I now focus completely and utterly on writing quizzes because I've always enjoyed the copywriting side. Um, and I love the fact that I get to delve into all these different businesses. So quizzes work for anybody, really. 
You can be um, a coach, you can be a course creator, you can be a membership um, owner, you can be a service provider. So most recently, we've worked with a company who offer SEO services. So, you know, their whole quiz is based around how well your website scores from an SEO perspective. And of course, mm -hmm. people want to know, is my website scoring well? Um, yeah. on SEO and if it's not then there's various different things that are offered throughout that journey so it can pretty much work for anyone the only person I've never done a quiz for um, are people who have um, a you know a brick and mortar business so I've never mm -hmm. yet done it for any business that isn't online but pretty much mm -hmm. if you're online a quiz will work for you <laughs> yeah they're, they're so much fun. They're interactive. They really make the client feel like they're being listened to from the very beginning. And then yes. they're getting that little dose of personalization from the very start. And then you can yeah. really tailor like your back end. You can tailor those like emails or wherever you're funneling them to, to that personality, that that one thing that they need, you can talk directly to them and it's more tailored towards that person getting through the funnel rather than a broad, like they downloaded a lead magnet. Do they, yeah. did they even get through it? Where do they go next? It's, it's more direct. I, I love quizzes. I think, they're oh, so I much think fun. you've been reading my website because you're more or less saying my script for me. <laughs> you're right. It's, it is so true. It's like, it's the power of specificity. It's the power of being able to really target your marketplace. As you say, you know, you're honing your message. People don't want generic one size fits all marketing anymore because what you have to think about is your business exists to solve somebody's problem. We know that. Mm -hmm. That's why you've put your business together in the first place. But usually the reason that problem exists is much deeper than that. And there's going to be deeper rooted issues. So I often use this example of, let's say your business was all about helping people to get visible. Now, the reason people might not be visible might be because they have no confidence. It might be because they don't know what to say. It might be because they don't know where to position themselves. So the reasons that sit underneath why people aren't being found and why they're not visible are going to be very different dependent upon where you are in your journey and you know what that looks like to you. So with a quiz, what it means is you can take those results and give very tailored feedback, value, tips, ideas, action steps, all of those things. So when I'm writing quiz results pages for my clients, it's generally split up into about six or seven different sections. Um, and sections two, three, and four are meaty. So mm -hmm. it's where we're really showcasing our value. It's where we're positioning ourselves as experts. It's where we're showing that we understand what that person is struggling with or what their business is struggling with, whatever the positioning is. Um, and that's where you can really build that no like trust factor with them. It's where you can build an emotional connection with them. It's very different, as you said, to a PDF where you don't know if it's being read. Chances are it's going to gather virtual dust on somebody's desktop <laughs> because, you know, you, you, with all the best ones in the world, you download it. It's like, yeah, I'll read that later. And then later never comes. Whereas mm -hmm. with a quiz, it's there. It's right in front of you. There's no downloading to do. And when you when you design a quiz where the questions are actually taking you on a journey, there's that excitement being built through those questions. Because I always think of questions a bit like a book. When you're writing a book or you're reading a book, they don't throw you straight into the meat of the plot. They introduce you to the characters, first of all. So your first couple of questions need to 
warm your audience up, make them feel secure as if they're in the Mm -hmm. right place. Then you dive a bit deeper with those middle questions. That's when you're getting into the meat of the plot. Then you take them on that anticlimax to a point where they finish the book and want the sequel. So therefore they're willing to give you their name and email address in order Mm -hmm. to see those results. So there's a a story arc that goes with creating questions or questions that are actually not being seen as fluffy, but make that person taking them think, I'm actually going to get something from this. I'm going to reveal something meaningful. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get some insight into whatever it Mm -hmm. is my problem is. I'm going to get some insight into how to solve it. Because there's a lot of quizzes out there that are what I call fluff based. And as lovely as it is, you know, to look at these quizzes and say, oh, yes, my celebrity crushes, blood, blood, blah, blah, <laughs> it doesn't really tell you that much um, about what, what your does that health thing mean to you later? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I love taking the Harry Potter quizzes on BuzzFeed to see which house I'm going to be in, who doesn't, but it's we've not going to help your business, really. <laughs> it's not how they're designed. <laughs> so you designed your first funnel for yourself. Yes. Your first quiz for yourself. So how did you go about getting your first client? Ah, my first quiz client. Actually, it was quite interesting. I did, um, I've always been quite big in putting myself out there, doing things like this, going on podcasts. Um, But I figured that with a quiz to write quizzes for clients, it's fairly high ticket. You know, it's not $500. It's quite a high ticket thing. So people, in order to invest in you, need to have that that belief in you. They need to be drawn in by what it is that you do. So I approached several different um, mastermind groups um, Mm -hmm. and offered to do a free training to their members. Um, Mm -hmm. And these were quite high paying mastermind groups. And one of them came back to me and said, not only did she want me to do the training, but she would pay me to do the training. And I did the training and I've had four clients from that particular group over the last few years. And that was how I got my first client was by putting myself out there, showcasing my knowledge. Um, and I did, I've done several masterminds since then, but that was my first one that got me off the blocks and started. And my very first client was an artist, believe it or not. And she had a membership. And she wanted to find a way to segment her clients into these three different memberships that she had. And that's where I started from. So, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. It was a really fun brand to work with as my first one. Um, and since then, there's been lots of, lots of different clients with all different yeah. backgrounds and industries and what have you. But, yeah, that's how I got my start. That's such a great strategy because you're going directly to the right people who you want to be talking to. You're not just kind of hoping for the best, hoping you'll run into the right people. You knew where they were hanging out. They were part of high ticket masterminds. So going into there is like the best investment of your time and showing them your knowledge and how you can support them specifically. So I think that that's so underutilized going to yeah, the right, right audience. I think people struggle to really understand where their audience are. And I think there's a lot of information out there about putting yourself on podcasts. If you go on enough podcasts and you, you know, you're a guest on enough podcasts, you're just going to get clients. It doesn't always work that way. And as I say, for me, I knew my big thing was my clients have money. Um, they're generally around that 
three-year point in their business. They're certainly not any less than that usually. They've been in business for a minimum of three years, often a lot more than that. Um, for example, I've just done a quiz for somebody who is a money mindset coach, very big name. He's been in business for 12 years, decided that now was the time to do a quiz. So working mm -hmm. with somebody like that was perfect because he knows his audience really well. He knows where he wants to send them. My job was to come up with something really thought-provoking and value-driven. So knowing that about my clients, I know that if I go and do, and I do do virtual summits, but I do it for a different reason. So when I go onto a virtual summit, my main reason for going on the summit is for me to introduce myself to the other speakers because those mm -hmm. other speakers have often got my clients or they are my clients themselves. So the speakers themselves are my ideal client. I don't go onto a virtual summit thinking, all the people listening to me are going to book my services. They're not. That audience are more DIYers, which is absolutely fine. I've been a DIYer myself, but they're not my ideal client. So mm -hmm. whenever you use a platform to promote your services, you have to know what your end goal is. So like I say, for me, my end goal isn't to reach all the people watching the virtual summit. It's to have a really good excuse to introduce myself to some of those speakers that are higher level than me, but have got access to exactly the ideal client I want to be working with. And mm -hmm. that's my way in. So when I do a summit, nine times out of 10, I will message every single speaker on LinkedIn and say, hey, we're on the same summit together. Um, can't wait to hear your presentations. Thought it would be fun to connect here on LinkedIn. And usually I'll end up on a call with them. And mm -hmm. we chat with each other. And even if no business is done right now, I know that in the future, when they have a client, and this has happened to me quite recently, when they have a client who is in the market for a quiz, it's going to be me they recommend because mm -hmm. we've, we've had that conversation. We've been on the same summit. There's a different level there to just DMing somebody who you don't know. <laughs> yes. You know that they're on the same platform as them. So it's, you've got to think about things from that perspective, you know, when you're uh, approaching different people for different things. And, you know, it's the same with podcasts. Yes, I have had clients book me from podcasts. But from what I do, I'm not likely to get clients who see a Facebook ad. Because again, mm -hmm. high ticket people aren't usually drawn in by Facebook ads. They'll usually have somebody do the hard work for them or they will already be approaching somebody, asking them for a recommendation. That's the way they mm -hmm. tend to work. So when you know that about your audience, you can position yourself in the right way. Yeah. And positioning is everything. I love that you talked about how you're using different platforms in more of an unexpected way. Yeah. Because Very strategic. <laughs> yeah. But strategy is everything behind knowing where your clients are and then positioning yourself to connect with the right people. Because yes. like you said, most people at the level that you're working with are going to be asking people for referrals and yes, right. they're going to work with people that they know or their friends can recommend, or they said, Oh, I worked with this person before. Why don't you work? Like, that's how they work. So getting into the head of your ideal client, where are they? What are they looking at? Who are they hanging out with? And then position yourself to be able to be that person who provides that service for them. Absolutely. And I think part of what you need to try and do, and this is something that's worked really well for me. Um, and only recently somebody commented on this on LinkedIn. Now, naturally, my lead magnet is a quiz. 
<laughs> of course it is. I mean, it would seem a bit strange for a quiz funnel strategist to not have a quiz as her own lead magnet. But that lead magnet has been so instrumental for me because I have shown the best of what I do with that quiz. I spent just as long on my own quiz results as I would for a client because I've realized that that is my big showcase piece. I don't need anything else because I'm showcasing what I do. So having something that really showcases what you do is a really important piece of the puzzle. So when we're putting together quizzes, one of the first things we'll talk about is what is the added value that we can give people through your quiz? Because the quiz, as we said, sits at the top of the funnel. So it drives the traffic and it has a job to do. And that job is to start to reel people in, to get them to the point where, yeah, they're kind of connecting with you. They like what you've got, but it doesn't end there. If you think, now, statistics say we need about 13 touch points before we're willing to, you know, take that next step with somebody. And that next step might only be getting on a call, let alone booking them. So mm -hmm. what else can you give them? How can the way I like to think about this is how can you showcase your expertise and give your potential clients a little inkling of what you do? How can you give them a seat by your fire and really draw them in, but without giving them everything? So it's giving them the what, but not giving them the how. And that's one of the things that we do within the quiz in the middle part of the funnel is once we've drawn them in, we'll strategize over how can we showcase what you do in a way that's going to really appeal to your ideal clients and bring them over the line. You know, like I say, really bring them in from out in the cold and make them feel like you're the person for them. So it's, for me, it was an obvious one. I'm using my quiz to do that, but you'll be surprised how many of my clients have taken that pathway of being referred to me either by a client of mine or somebody that I've met through a summit or a podcast or whatever. They then go take my quiz, <laughs> read my emails <laughs> that come through the quiz, pretty much book a call within 24 hours of going through that first quiz and email, et cetera. And then they'll talk to me about how much they loved the quiz on that call. So mm -hmm. that's powerful because you're giving people that opportunity to see for themselves the value of what you do. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that I always try and work through with all of my clients. We try and find that value and how can we package it in a way that's irresistible to your ideal yeah. And that's such a, like a quick way to build trust with people and take them from being a stranger to mm. being a paying client so quickly, especially because you're in such close proximity to them. So like social media, you're kind of, it's kind of like a shot in the dark. Oh, could okay. be someone very <laughs> far. Yeah. Very far removed from you, but you going to these summits, connecting with these people, you're only, so far away from them. And then they take your quiz, they're getting even closer. And then they get your emails, they're even closer. And then they're on the call with you. And like you said, that can happen within 24 hours. Oh, sometimes where... it usually is very quick. It's surprising, but it's that, it's that quiz that has drawn them in. Because for me, my clients generally know they want a quiz. I don't have to persuade them that the quiz is the right lead magnet for them. They know they want a quiz. It's a question of who's going to do it for them. They don't have time to do it themselves. They don't have the inclination. They just want to hand it off to somebody. Great. Who are they going to hand it off to? So if you can give them that creme de la creme, if you can give them that amazing experience that 
they're going to go on this journey, they can then begin to see what that would look like for their clients and how mm -hmm. they can then use that same strategy themselves. Yeah. So how, how do you, how did you decide that you wanted to go into quizzes specifically instead of just being a sales funnel strategist? Mm, good question. Yeah. It's funny actually, because somebody I was working with actually questioned that and said exactly the same thing. Why are you niching down to quizzes? <laughs> um, and my answer was literally because the riches are in the micro niches. <laughs> They're not even in the niches anymore. You need to niche down as much as you possibly can. Um, and there's lots and lots and lots of people doing sales funnels. And I didn't want to do sales funnels because right at the beginning of this, one of the reasons I never did a PDF sales funnel myself was because I didn't want to do them. <laughs> I really mm. didn't want to do them. And I found them really boring. And I'm thinking, well, how can I be passionate about something and sell this service to somebody when I don't even really like it myself? So mm. I've always loved quizzes. I mean, I'm a, an 80s girl, so I grew up with the cosmopolitan quizzes of, you know, how to make your boyfriend love you more and, you know, all those types of quizzes. So to me, it was kind of a no-brainer, but I also knew the power of a quiz as well. And I figured at the time there was very few quiz funnel strategists, and there's still not loads of us, um, mm -hmm. but very, very few at the very beginning. There was about three of us. Um, and so, therefore, the competition was a lot lower um, and mm -hmm. it allowed me to, it's so much easier as well. I think when, when you do have to talk about something from a marketing perspective, it's so much easier to talk about it when you can be super, super specific. People get it quicker. Um, mm -hmm. And although I was joking at the beginning about, you know, people look at me and say, What's, what the hell is a sales funnel? <laughs> you know, what do they do? But it's really easy for me to talk professionally on a podcast like this, because if I was talking about sales funnels in general, it's a lot more generic and it's hard to really nail down and talk to people um, in a more specific way. So for me, the more micro niche you are, the better. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I love copywriting and quizzes come with an awful lot of copywriting. So <laughs> I like to tell a story and quizzes allow you to do that. Yeah, that's such a smart way to do it. And positioning yourself like that, like you said before, people know that they want quizzes mm. by the point that they get to you. And it's just a matter of finding the right person to do it. And that that specific positioning also allows you to make that a high ticket service. So you're mm. able to go in depth, do all of the work that's needed to be done to make a really, really good quiz and then it helps your clients to that next level as well so again all of that background strategy that you have plays out so well in every different part of your business yeah Just definitely even from the beginning of finding people to connect with to become clients yeah, because everything that I think as well one of the reasons pe I, pe I do connect well with people is because I practice what I preach. So I've done everything I'm suggesting to my clients, I've already done and tested myself. And then I've done it with other clients and they've had success with it. And, you know, something we were talking about quite recently with a few of my clients is the fact that um, they're not, people aren't seeing the same um, sh live show up rate for things like webinars and masterclasses um, and challenges, mm -hmm. you know, online challenges in Facebook groups. They're not getting that same traction that they were. 
Um, and I think that's probably because there's been a bit of oversaturation of that type of thing. People don't see the perceived value of it anymore. So we've brainstormed some different ideas. We've tested, I've tested personally different ideas myself. So now we've come up with some alternatives that are very different, that aren't just webinars or trainings in Facebook groups. It's something very different. And so therefore, when you can anticipate when things are maybe seeing a bit of a downturn and come up with alternatives for your clients that you've tested yourself and you've tried in different ways and seen some success with, then people will pay you premium for that type of thing because they're getting to tap into your brain. They're getting mm -hmm. your brains doing the hard work for them <laughs> and it's testing it for them. So they're not the guinea pig. They don't have to be a guinea pig to themselves. They know that this works. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's a big part of it. You've got to be forward thinking in business. So this yes. is my third business. My very first business was I was a wedding planner, believe it or not, uh, for 10 years in London. Uh -huh. um, and that's how I ended up having a wedding academy, which was my digital course company, which is who I did the first quiz for. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been in business a long time. And one of the things I have learned is you've got to be like Madonna in business. Madonna is the queen of reinvention. She's mm -hmm. been on the pop scene for five decades. That's unheard of from any mm -hmm. other female artist. So I always think of it like that. You've got to be seeing the trends before they happen. You've got to be forward thinking. You can never rest on your laurels. You know, just because things are going well now doesn't mean they're going to be going the same in 18 months time. So it's being, being able to continue to be forward thinking and not reinventing yourself all the time, but finding different ways to do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the key because there's always something, something new coming up. There's always somebody new coming up behind you with different ideas. So somehow uh, you've got to find a way to be that person and give those ideas to your clients and not sit on your laurels, as I say. You know, there's always yeah. somebody better coming <laughs> up behind you. So somehow or another, you've got to be Madonna. So there you yeah. go. One little word of wisdom I've learned along the way is that's something that has helped me a lot. Yeah. I feel like you should always be trying, testing, and evolving. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the best way to go about things. Sometimes in business, we're like, oh, that thing worked. We're going to stick with it, and that's it. And then and it over time, you're while. like, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's not working anymore. What do I do? And then you're exactly. like, Exactly. But oh. if you've already anticipated that, and don't you find yeah. to try things and have them go wrong? That's you. Oh, yeah. Who cares? What's the worst that can happen? As long as you're not going to go bankrupt, it doesn't really matter, does it? You pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you look at what went wrong, analyze different areas, and try it again. But try it from a different angle. You know, most things don't work first time. Right. And you, you always, know. like, and even when things don't go right the first time, you always learn something from of it. Of course. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. There's always something to be learned, you know. One of my favorite movies as, uh, growing up as a kid was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And they had this fantastic song in it from the ashes of disaster, grow the roses of success. And I've never forgotten that song. I absolutely uh -huh. love it. But it's those, those the, the words, the lyrics all the way through that song have that same feeling behind it. In other words, you know, every time you fail, it's a chance to learn something new and, you know, failure isn't failure. And it's so true from the, you know, ashes of disaster do grow the roses of success. That's what happens, but you've mm -hmm. got to be prepared to try these different things. And as you said just now, 
not just sit there and be happy with what's working now. Think about what might be working in two years' time and, you know, be trying those different things whilst you're seeing success with what you're doing because then you're not panic-driven either. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing worse than being under pressure to perform. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun to be... It's kind of like a game. It's fun to see how much better you can get down the line. Mm. I always used to tell my husband, I was like, I'm a little ball of chaos. Like sometimes I just felt like I was a little ball of chaos. And he was (laughs) like, no, you're actually extremely strategic and think things through of like what actions you're taking, why you're doing them. And you analyze what worked, what didn't work, all of those things. And I was like, oh. I was just thinking I'm a little ball of chaos, but I'm really creating a long-term strategy through the things that are working, how I want it to change and evolve while I'm doing it, while I'm finding what's working yeah, to make it even that's better. Smart. Mm-hmm. So smart, because that way you're not doing it under pressure. You're doing it while things are cooking along quite nicely, bubbling along quite nicely. You're not doing it under that pressure of, oh my God, nothing's working. What am I going to do? Because there's nothing worse. You don't think straight. You don't strategize properly when you're in that sort of headspace. So it's, it, yeah. it is a smart thing to do. Although I do like that term, a little ball of chaos. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably still call myself that forever. But <laughs> Kylie, for anybody trying to get clients right now, what are three tangible tips you would give them to okay. really connect with those people? Don't be generic. You know, don't be tempted to try and be all things to all people. So one of the things um, that I'm very clear about with who I am and what I do is embracing who I am as well. I am an absolute and complete abaholic. I just love them. I have literally recently been to see um, the avatars in London. It was amazing, by the way. Um, So don't be afraid to be who you are, because in this day and age, it's about having a personality. It's about not being afraid to showcase who you are. So I like to call it your fab factor. What's your fab factor? What makes you different? And I embrace it. People (laughs) literally, when ABBA put their new album out last year, I had people I didn't even know messaging me on Instagram saying, I heard about this and thought of you immediately. (laughs) I don't know who you are, but that's (laughs) that's what you want to be known for. connect with me over that stuff. So yeah, it doesn't have to be average, it can be anything, you know, maybe you've got a love of cooking or maybe you're a, an insane gardener, you know, or maybe you love to go to flea markets on a weekend. I don't know. Whatever your thing is, talk about it. Don't always talk about your business. Another thing you need to be doing is telling stories. You know, people learn by stories. There's a reason why as kids we loved fairy tales because they were stories Anything with a story attached to it, we remember the facts and figures a lot more. We retain the information a lot more because it's told within a story. And most of the time, there will be a way to link that story subtly back to your business. So it's Mm -hmm. not all about sell, 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 sell. It's about being able to create stories that people can remember. And then the third thing, as I say, is don't be generic. Really Mm -hmm. take the time to get to know your audience, segment your audience and sell to them in a way they want to be sold to where they're at in their journey right now. Not where you think they're at, but where they're actually at. There's a difference. Yeah, that's that's so important. So where can people find you to learn more from you or to work with you? Really easy. It's literally KylieLang.com. 
is my website. And if you want to take my quiz, which you've heard so much about now, it's kylielang.com forward slash quiz. Really simple, really easy. Um, and you'll find me on all the usual platforms. Although I only recently embraced my married name. So you will find me under Carlson and Lang because yeah, <laughs> it's hard to change your Instagram handle when you've had it for many, many years. So yes, um, on all the usual platforms. KylieLang.com. Very easy. And we will have all of those links below in the description. So thanks so much for hanging out with us, Kylie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun different marketing strategies to bring consistent clients into your business without feeling the pressure to post on social media, make sure you watch the free training on the client connection method, which is in the description below. Thanks for hanging out with us today.